again, and welcome to another episode of Convince Me the Supernatural and Conspiracy Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Casey. And I am your second co-host, Stevie. And today we are going to finish up our discussion on the JFK assassination. Um, It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded, and sorry, you know, busy family uh, holiday stuff and just real life stuff happens. So, um, yeah, but we're back today with, uh, the rest of the, uh, JFK assassination because it's been a couple of weeks, Stevie, why don't you, uh, give us a recap so far and, and, and tell us where we're at on this, uh, this informational story here. All right. I think we kind of, well, I know in our first episode that, it felt like we went everywhere. Um, the second episode we did was more about the conspiracies that are linked around it. And I think today what we need to do is talk about um, who actually done it. You know, like who who had the motive? Where Where's the reasoning? Where's the logic? And um, also how we who we think did it okay all right so what are our what are our options then i guess or i guess okay. let's well, just start let's... start wherever you you feel like starting i don't want to lead you in all right. lead you down a road you're not ready for yet <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the warren report says it was oswald he acted alone and he, he had motive and everything, whatever. That's that's the that's the official assassin. Okay. Um, we are also looking at the second. I think probably the second most prevalent theory is it was a mob hit, and that all has to come do because you know Jack Ruby assassinates Oswald in a um, in the police station, so. Um, then there is the CIA because um, of the whole Bay of Pigs fiasco the military industrial complex because he wanted and was planning to end the war in Vietnam uh, Texas oil barons um, I'm laughing because my favorite George Bush Sr. um the the Russians. I, already, I don't know if I already said the Cubans, but and then a conjunction of the two. I mean, I think there's a few others, but uh, oh, here's one. The uh, I might have mentioned them before. The uh, Magnificent Twelve. They're uh, a bunch of uh, I think senators and stuff that um, got rid of them or supposedly uh, got rid of him. So, um, yeah. Who do you, where do you want to go from there? Um, that's, that's the list that you rattle off. Um, I think, I think you did cover most of the, most of those scenarios uh, in past episodes there. Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, the JFK assassination, I mean, is so synonymous with, with conspiracy and, 
there's so many different theories out there that, you know, over the years, I've just kind of learned to listen to the theories that come up and not really pay them too much mind or buy into them too much. Just kind of just observe them, like kind of like an outsider perspective, if that makes any sense. Yeah, whatsoever. right. Yeah. Yeah, because unless you were there and you were part of what happened, you really don't know. You know, like you can speculate as much as you want. You can find the evidence that you want to find to corroborate why you're right. You can find all the evidence to um, point to why you're wrong. You know, but I think that's the length of this conspiracy and um, the the routes people have gone down um, are fascinating. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's there's like, there's been enough time as well that you can really really grasp at some threads and really just yeah. kind of hammer down on some really weird stuff. But I mean, you you raise kind of a good point of, you know, you we weren't there um at the time that this happened. Like just kind of taking an example for modern day, you know, if like, let's say if Trump were to be assassinated and then, like, 40 years down the road, somebody asked me, you know, well, why was he assassinated? And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be because of one specific thing. And it it could just be a conglomeration of all the things that he did and, and the fact that people just hated him <laughs> real bad. Um and it doesn't necessarily have to to boil down to well he made this policy or he did this action or he was going to do this or was going to do that um so i think that we personally are kind of missing some of that just overarching feeling of how it was to have him as president i mean i i i understand that jfk jfk was one of the most liked presidents of all time um just yeah yeah but Go ahead. But oh, but for like our generation gap, like he had been dead twenty years, twenty two years the year I was born. Let's see, yeah, sixty three, so eighty three, eighty five. Yeah, he was like twenty two years. Yeah, before I was born, you know. So it's like, let me uh, to to break it down at like a personal level it's like my mom's eldest brother was shot and killed in vietnam and it's like i have no emotional attachment to that because it i wasn't around i didn't know who he was you know he's just kind of like this myth that you know pops up in stories and stuff and i think one because of the assassination um and the fact of that of who he was um perpetuate the myth of like how great of a person he was right um whether or not it's true or not because people do that when people die no matter what it's like michael jackson like it wasn't long before he was um dead like he was in the in the rag mags on the stand you know still all about how he's a pervert and he's a pedophile and all this stuff and then all of a sudden he dies and like you know, don't say anything bad about him anymore. Right, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, I suppose too, because, like, I mean, it just brings to mind the the other 
quote unquote greatest president we've ever had, which was Abraham Lincoln. It's like we're so far removed from him being alive that, you know, how good of a person could he have been? He can't like possibly live up to all the, you know, uh, stories and fairy tales that people tell about him. Right. Yeah. Or people just because they have this image or they've been told and that's just what they, you know, like education, like the only reason that I felt like Abraham Lincoln was some kind of a dude that you could look up to because he did good things was because they kind of put him on a pedestal when I was in school. So I, I learned like, Oh yeah, he like freed the slaves and all this other stuff. And he said all this great stuff and blah, blah, blah. But in like reality, like if you actually go and, First of all, again, you don't know who, what kind of guy he was. You don't know how he would have treated you. You know, like you, you have, you don't have that, that firsthand witness to the man's actual character. But like, you know, again, people put people into like faint category and they want to close their ears or, or not even learn about the atrocities he did. Like, yeah. I can't say specifics but i know he was not good for native americans like i think he was like into people out here in the in the midwest you know like warring with them and stuff so like you know and again i have to go look down that rabbit hole right but you know there's bad stuff to everybody like you can't you can't like every aspect of a person and and just see that aspect of that person, you know, and I think, you know, the same thing with Kennedy or, or RFK, you know, like, I mean, they even called them Camelot, you know, like people were putting him up on a pedestal because of the wealth of his family and the socialite status of Jackie Kennedy's, you know, and, and all this other stuff and how he was young and how he looked and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, like what what was actually out there to show, you know, exactly what he was doing and what he really thought and, um, you know, what he really did. Yeah. Well, I think... like, go ahead. No, go for it, man. Uh, I th- well, I think for the time too, it's like it was a lot easier to get away with stuff. Um, first of all, not everything you did was documented back then, like it is now. Um, I mean, I just, just... He was the president to start the the audio recordings in the White House, though. Was that before... And that's what... That, that was before Nixon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so JFK had put that in place, and then Nixon fell, fell because of it. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, oh. yeah, like I said, it's, it was a lot easier to get away with stuff at that moment in time because, yeah, you weren't constantly being recorded like you are in today's society, um, let alone presidency. Well, and, yeah, well, and look at, like, what your news was, like, what was being said to you. I mean, 1963, how many people actually had TV? You know, like, were you listening to the radio? Were you, you know, watching TV? Like, were you reading the newspaper? Like, there was no 24-hour at-your-fingertips worldwide news, you know? 
Right. And the stuff that did come through was heavily, heavily filtered as well. Unlike today, it's like we can read tweets directly from the president. Like this, he said this verbatim, you know, it didn't go through a bunch of, you know, speech committees and stuff like that. And, and then the news station and everything else and get edited down, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know, even on that idea, like who knows if that's really Trump? I mean, it, it definitely sounds like him because of how he talks and, and everything in real life. But, you know, we don't really know who's at the hand of his Twitter account. We assume it's him well, because it sure acts like him. Yeah, and I've wondered that too. I was like, you know, he's he's got to have an assistant or something that takes care of his his Twitter account or whatever. But then, you know, you think about it, I, I, I don't think he would trust anybody else with that. And, I, and there are... I- there are several people who have like sworn that he he does he he does it himself but i i kind of think in my imagination that he handed it over to baron so his like <laughs> what 14 year old kid yeah. has been like dealing with all of his social media content it would make a lot of sense uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I guess I stopped reading his tweets after a while because it would just make me angry. But, um, yeah. but um, as far as who do I think did the JFK assassination, I don't think – see, and I feel bad because I feel like I always – like when it comes down to our opinions on this stuff, I always kind of just walk this fence um, of – I don't think it was the official story. I don't think it was Oswald by himself. Um, but I'm not exactly sure. I think that there was, pro- I mean, there's definitely a second shooter, I think. Um, and probably, probably not on the grassy knoll. I think that that would have been more, more apparent if they were, but, yeah. I mean, just from the gunshot evidence that I've seen, I think there was definitely more than one shooter. Um, but who did it? I mean, that's, that is a good question. I really am not familiar enough with the politics of that time to really answer that, I think. Okay. Well, let's go over a little bit of that, shall we? Sure. Because, like, to me, it's plausible that it was the CIA. And I'll say why, even though it's probably not good to speak out against them. They'll just, they'll just call me a crazy conspiracy theorist that doesn't know what I'm talking about anyway. So the CIA had just done the Bay of Pigs. And the Bay of Pigs was, they took, a, I don't even know how many, it's over a thousand of, or at least a thousand Cuban exiles who wanted to, um, raid Cuba and re-overturn the government from Castro. So, uh, this failed horribly. Yeah, it was like 1,400 people. This failed horribly, and everybody was either killed or captured by the Cubans. So, the CIA was pissed. 
Kennedy was pissed. He actually uh, fired his CIA director over it, and he handpicked that dude. He was like Kennedy, one of Kennedy's really good friends, and he fired that guy over it. Um, and then he was gonna, he was. They say that he was saying that he was gonna defund the CIA. And <laughs> I'm sorry, that was, uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> sorry. What the heck was that? Uh, I accidentally bumped one of the buttons that had on the soundboard. <laughs> was that a bunch of giggling or laughing? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so my bad. Maybe yeah. that was appropriately, that might have been appropriately uh, placed because of um, what was what I was talking about, but... Yeah, so then you want to go down the CIA wormhole. There's a bunch of stuff about. So wait before you know before uh, before you move on there. So how would the Bay of Pigs failing lead to JFK being assassinated, especially if he was also upset about it? Well, he was upset about the CIA because it was the CIA that uh, created this. And he was against it. Um, and they went ahead and did it anyway. So he, he ended up firing a bunch of people. And, and they were mad because, you know, they wanted to assassinate Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy didn't want them to do it. I'm trying to look for my my actual, um, my actual notes on this. So great having everything out and about but yeah so operation mongoose is what it was called plan to bring down castro before congressional elections in 1962 and they had they had attempted to uh assassinate him a few times and uh yeah so i guess that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me it's like oh we fucked up our bad, let's kill the president. Like, that just, that doesn't make much sense to me. It's like, they would, yeah. Yeah. Here's some stuff I had written down about that. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot, oh my god, there's so much stuff. <laughs> I even remember putting down half of this stuff, holy shit. We're getting lost in it again. <clears throat> Um, okay, so, okay, so, I don't even know which way to go back down this wormhole, because (laughs) there's so much to this. Uh, if you go down the CIA wormhole, from them being the ones that killed Kennedy, then you can go to the Cubans, because the Cubans were pissed off about the Bay of Pigs. See the Cub- and, the Cubans doing it makes a lot more sense to me than the CIA, at least concerning the Bay of Pigs. It does, and and the fact that maybe the Russians were in on it too, and the fact that you know you can't really, I mean, the, the idea of getting Oswald as a patsy, uh, say because he was an FBI informant and or CIA asset. That is another 
another layer on this thick cake. Um, it makes sense of why everybody tried to cover stuff up because, you know, if suddenly the president is assassinated in broad daylight in front of how many people, um, and you find out it's Russia and Cuba, which you've already been having problems with because of the Cuban the missile the Cuban missile crisis. Um, you're going to go to war, and that is going to start World War Three. And you know you've already got people with nuclear bombs and shit like Hiroshima. You know, really wasn't that far. I mean, people were alive in world during World War Two, so they understood. You know, like what what world war three might end up being so oh yeah as i mean as far as timeline goes that was directly after world war ii that was not long after it at all no no you know that's you know people grew up with that shit so yeah so if you have another country especially somebody who's supposed to be our enemy like the russians you know this is cold war era shit isn't it yeah. Um, and people were really scared about being called a commie and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like you, you find out and you publish and you publicize that JFK, this fucking golden child president that everybody loves has been shot and killed by, by Russians and the Cubans. And possibly our own people too. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. You know, you're gonna go to you're gonna go to World War. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that would be a good reason to lie about it. I mean, in most cases, you would almost want to blame your biggest political enemy, um, but I can see that because the environment was so volatile at that that moment in time. If it would have been, if the FBI and CIA did blame Rush on it, then yeah, I can see why that might lead to, you know, world war. So I can, I guess I can kind of buy that. I could probably buy into that then. Because I know how tight Russia and Cuba, Cuba war were because of the Cuban miss, missile crisis thing. So yeah, I could totally get it. And their love of communism. But yeah, so... Um, have you ever heard... Have we talked about Operation Norwood before? I don't believe so. Northwood. Excuse me, let me correct myself. So, it was a CIA program to initiate real and simulated attacks on the U.S. and then blame Castro for it. And, oh, we must have talked about it during 9-11. Yeah, so basically they were they were planning to go ahead and attack Cuba and then turn around and tell everybody that we had been attacked by Cuba or not actually attacked Cuba and then just simulated it, blew up their own ships and stuff, blame it on Cuba so they would have a reason and the go-ahead from the American people to invade Cuba. 
Okay. I don't I just, I just don't get why we were so obsessed with Cuba at that point in time. I mean, I do know that it was a, you know, well, a closer station for Russian missiles. I get that. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but but they had all they had also basically gotten bed with our worst enemy, you know, communists. They they their government changed to a communistic dictatorship. And I might be totally wrong about what I just said there, but it sounded smart to me. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> um but yeah so like they were they were becoming a communist and uh, one of the other things too that they think is that the mob had something to do with it with the cia because suddenly the mob couldn't make any money there and castro shut down all of their casinos and all that kind of stuff so they weren't able to um to make the money that they had been there okay but I mean, like, it's like nowadays you look at it, it's like, well, China's communist, but just because they're communist doesn't mean that we're like automatically hate them or whatever. There were still huge business partners with them. Um, so I just don't, I guess, you know, that it, it was a different time. The whole Red Scare thing, I guess, was way different. Probably, probably just because it was just coming off of World War II where you know, another famous dictator tried to overtake the world. But, um, yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. But I could definitely, I could definitely see Cuba and Russia doing, uh, like, being responsible for the assassination over the CIA, I think, at least when it comes to the Bay of Pigs thing. Okay, so what do you think about Oswald possibly being a puppet of the CIA and or Russia, Cuba. I think he's a really easy target. I, I, I think he's a really, really easy target because um, first of all, with his military training, second of all, because he did try to defect to Russia um, that, that could either play into the favor of Russia by him succeeding and them saying, yeah, okay, cool. If you want to defect, here's what you got to do. Um, and it could, I mean, it also plays into the CIA's hand too. If they want to make him a patsy and say, well, look, he tried to defect to Russia. So, you know, it's, it's an obvious thing. So the fact that he did that and he was eager to do that um, really, really puts him in a position to be, the ideal scapegoat for either one of these organizations, I think. If there were to be a second shooter, where do you think it came from? That I have no freaking clue. Um, I, I would need a lot more, um, I guess evidence might not be the right word, but I would need a lot more data and I would need to know the layout there. I mean, this is a place I've never been before. Um, so, you know, it's, it's... How many... Go ahead. How, how many windows did you say they counted that somebody could actually be in? I don't remember. That was like a month and a half ago when I did that research. But <laughs> it, was a, it was a ton. It was... It's like over a thousand, right? Yeah, I mean, it was enough so that when when the question came up of how are we going to inspect all these windows, they just said, let's just not. 
<laughs> so um, it was enough to, to make it impossible to check all of them. Therefore, they didn't check any of them. But, um, yeah, it was a ton. The second shooter could have yeah. been could have been anywhere. Yeah. So what I have heard is they think there were at least forty people who were within the windows getting directed of whether or not to take the shot. Really? Yeah. So it was a whole CIA operation. They wanted to make sure that nobody missed. Um, and I mean, I think it's sad and probably no, I mean, I don't know anything about 1960s era, um, home video devices. Um, but I think it's really strange. You don't hear any sound. Maybe that was normal. Um, but you know, like it's hard to, it's hard to say exactly how many shots were taken because there's no audio. Other than that, that weird radio frequency thing from right. um, the cop who happened to have his duck on. Right. I'm I'm fairly certain that cameras of that age did not have audio. <laughs> that just wasn't a thing. Um, cause that, yeah, that's what that, I was thinking too. Yeah. They were very early cameras or, you know, motion cameras. So really, when you're recording audio and video it's basically two separate devices so i don't think that they yeah. really worked that out yet into you know working that into one device so <clears throat> i'm pretty sure that um video cameras of that age did not have audio so i think that that's normal um i think the fact that only two out of all out of all the people who were there in attendance only two people had cameras is pretty typical because those cameras were pretty rare at that point in time as well. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised there was two of them. Um, not just one or none because of how rare they were. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't find anything super suspicious about that. But I don't for, right. 40 people, that seems like a lot. I mean, I, 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 get, yeah. I get that they were trying to guarantee that they were going to hit, but that seems like overkill like way overkill yeah well let's uh let's talk about george bush senior for a little bit because i think it's hilarious did you watch that video i sent you um no i must must have missed that okay so it should be on your uh facebook messages but um there is a short clip of him giving his eulogy at Daryl Ford's uh, president um, funeral. And the weird thing about it is he goes into this rant about the JFK assassination. And it's truly inappropriate, like everything he says. But he says something about a deranged gunman, and then he just, like, gets this little half grin and chuckles. Like, he has, like, this hilarious little inside joke. And there's apparently evidence that he may have done it. Okay. I think, like, I think we went into this a little bit before, but this just seems... 
this whole theory just seems so preposterous to me. But <laughs> why don't you go ahead and uh, so, go ahead and go over some of it then? So the first sign that they point to is um, JFK Jr. before his untimely demise, which is a conspiracy in its own. Um, started a men's magazine called George because that was the person who had murdered his father. But um, George Bush Sr. at the time owned an oil company called Zapata Oil. And for some reason, the CIA's code name for Bay of Pigs was Operation Zapata. And not only that, Zapata Oil actually loaned three ships to the CIA for the Bay of Pigs. Um, they think that he was actually a member of the CIA at that time, and his like his oil baron stuff was um, his cover. Um, but he, you know, he ends up becoming like the head of the CIA later on. But, um, and said that he had never been in the CIA beforehand. But anyway, so five days after the assassination, Hoover, who ran the FBI, had wrote a memo called Assassination of President JFK. And um, it found that there were CIA-funded Miami-based anti-Castro-Cuban terrorists and assassins. And it names George Bush Sr. of CIA as supervisor of this group. Um, apparently, you, okay, so if you ask anybody who was alive and cognizant at that time, where were they when JFK got shot? Would you say a lot of people would know exactly where they were when they heard that news. I believe so, yeah. Would you think it's weird that Bush can't remember where he was? No. When that happened? <laughs> no. Yeah. So so he later developed memory that can like coincided with his alibi, which was that like he was in Dallas speaking at an oil industry gathering. Then they start saying stuff. The, the information about it goes to the fact that there were apparently 12 arrests at Beely Plaza directly after the assassination. And one was a man from the Dow Tech building, which is across from the Texas Depository building. And then... They, they had come up with the idea that the fourth floor could have been one of three or four different firing positions within this group who were surrounding Dealey Plaza. And when they took him in, he claimed that he was an independent oil operator from Houston, which is Bush's CIA cover. Right. And, and, his, and his alibi. So he, yeah. So he's taken a doubt. He's taken in by Dallas detectives, and no record exists. Which you know, like to somebody who's skeptical, which I 
lately I am, you know, I would be like, okay, so maybe it didn't really happen, you know, if there is no record. But <clears throat> other weird things, the one hour after this oil man was arrested, the FBI received a call from Bush saying he knows who, who killed JFK. He said he heard James Parrott. I think that's how you pronounce that. P-A-R-R-O-T-T. He was talking about killing the president. And so he, he gives his current, like, Bush, like, where he's staying. He was given where he's at, his home address, and told everybody that he was going to be in Dallas at a hotel that evening. Um, but apparently there is a photo showing Bush and Dealey Plaza returning after the arrest of Oswald. Um, he's shown in taped off zones speaking with police and he's photographed next to Ed Lansdale, who ended up being, who was a famous um, political assassination arranger um, like worldwide. And then um, they both were, there's like a, a society at Yale called the Skull and Bones or Skull and Crossbones Society. And they're both a part of that. And um, there's also this kind of um, famous photograph of the three tramps. And um, this Lansdale guy is, photographed in the same frame as them, one of whom ended up turning to be Howard Hunt, who, if you don't know, was the leading Watergate burglar. They said that he was trying to get photos of him at Dealey Plaza when he broke into um, into the Watergate. So that's why they say it was him. Like he's and that he's got weird he's got weird things going on. I think all of that evidence is circumstantial at best. Um, I mean, it's like I said, it's one of those things where after this many years, people can grab at all these straws and make all these connections that don't necessarily mean anything. Like, right. I mean, the fact that he was part of the Skull and Crossbones with this other dude, it's like, well, freaking ha half of the presidents were Freemasons, so what? It doesn't prove anything. Um, and then things like that, the guy that was supposed to be this uh, political assassin plotter, if he's so good at doing this, and this is the thing that he does, why would he be on the scene? That seems like it would be so stupid to be, you know. Yeah, but that's that whole thing about criminals. Like, they're so pleased at what they have just done. I mean, these guys just pulled off assassinating a president in the United States, you know, while he was in a moving vehicle. Albeit that he was in it for, you know, going like 15 miles an hour or whatever. But, you know whatever tyranny they felt like he was bringing or, you know, change that he was instigating and, you know, 
getting rid of people or whatever was going on. Um, you know, I think it could definitely happen out of pride and, um, and, uh, you know, like ego and stuff like that. Just because so many people do that anyway. Like, I don't even know the statistic of how many people end up showing up while the cops are there to be like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, somebody died? Oh, no. You know? <laughs> so so do you buy pretty heavily into this, this theory then? That George Bush did it? Yeah. I don't buy, I don't buy into any theory because, again, I wasn't there. Like, all I know is that guy in the history of the country that I happened to be born in was assassinated and there's video of it and I have seen the video of it um you know like yeah so in the end somebody was murdered that's that's all it is you know like and there are repercussions of what happened that are definitely affecting our generation and the people who were alive during that generation um, and you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's got its waves of, you know, trauma that it's put into society, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can't, I, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so jaded on our government that I, I don't believe anything, you know, like, right. so it's, I, I literally can make up my own conspiracy on how everybody did it together like how it was this huge conspiracy between the CIA and the mob using Oswald, you know, um, guided by the Russians and the Cubans and George Bush happened to be the guy who pulled the trigger and, and did the fatal shot. I can go, I can make up such a, an enormous conspiracy theory just by all the information that I have gained that it's, it's hard to really believe one conspiracy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm stuck between places of, I don't think our government would be smart enough to put together something like this, but I also wouldn't put it past them sort of thing. These are people who are supposed to be like the crim of like crim, you know, like they gone to business or Harvard and Yale and all these, you know, smart people colleges i don't know i i honestly don't know what the difference between my schooling would be if i was in harvard or black hill state you know i i can't really you know have a good um understanding of like how it's better but you know like all these people you know they were at west point they were you know like these are people who are supposed to be smart you know Mm -hmm. And they say that out of all the demographics, the people who, uh, like, the highest percent, and again, it's only like 4%, but the highest population of people who happen to be, um, like, psychopaths and sociopaths, it's like 4%, but it's all, like, these CEOs and these people who aren't afraid to step on people to get what they want. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's something I think about a lot, and it just it it just seems crazy to me that in this world, what it takes to be success, successful, quote unquote successful, I should say, is to be completely and totally morally bankrupt. 
Like, it just yeah. seems like such a shit system to me that, that, that those are the types of people that really get ahead. Yeah. One, two, for some reason, it seems like these people are hiding behind the idea that they're Christian also. You know, I, I think it's, I don't know, there's, there's such a fascinating, it's just a fascinating world to watch and know that I really don't have much command or, you know, help with. Like, there is a group of people in Washington, D.C. There's a few, like, as a government as a whole, and then there are so many subsets of said government trying to, you know, do whatever it is that they're told to do. You know, like, it was until Trump that I understood that if you're a Republican, the, or a Democrat, I'm not going to judge, they're both the same, but if if you're on a party, of course, you're either on one of those. If your vote, if you're voting, like, with your morals and your heart and stuff, and you're like, I don't believe in this, so I'm not going to vote with my party, they will convince you that you need to vote with their party. I think that's what happens to South Dakota all the time. You know, like, yeah. our votes don't matter so much that it's easier just to be like, hey, do you, do you really want to get reelected next time? Because, you know, we control a lot of the money that's going to go into your campaign. Or um, do you... Do you want to be a good Republican or get Democrat or, you know, like, I, I know that there are sects of people in our government that have to be colluding together yeah. <laughs> out of their oh, yeah. own, um, out of their own, um, priorities. And I, I'm pretty sure vice was supposed to be fairly based on truth, wherever that truth may came, come from. But um, you see that stuff with the of like what Dick Cheney was really doing when he was vice president of uh, Bush Jr. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really trust any <laughs> any uh, um, news outlet nowadays. But I mean, to, to speak to your point of you know having your own agenda and, and manipulating people. I mean, Trump was even quoted. He was on a talk show. I think it was Oprah or something um, years and years ago. But um, they asked him about running for president. And he said, he said, if I ever ran for president, I would run as a Republican because they're the easiest people to dupe. I mean, he said that <laughs> he, he was quoted as saying that. Um, so, you know, it's, they're not, they're not in these par parties due to their morals or whatever they're in it due to how many votes they can attract and how many dollars they can get from people who support that side. I mean, it's, it's not, uh, yeah, it's not anything to do with morals whatsoever. No, because if it were people like Lindsey Graham would have continued to oppose Trump after he was elected. Like, he was quite a vocal um, condemner of Trump 
And then he started becoming one of the people who, for some reason, thought, oh, we'll just puppet him. We'll teach him how to be presidential. He'll do our bidding. And then they realized what an insane fire of childhood, like, tantrums. You know? Yeah. And again, like I'm gonna I'm not gonna sit here and bash Trump completely. Like I've listened to a lot of different people and uh, something that I've heard is that whatever he was doing, the whole China thing, and I apologize that I'm not up on my current events about what was actually going on because I've got, you know, other shit to deal with. But whatever he did with China like needed to happen. So you know, I'm not gonna sit here and, and you know, say like, oh, Kennedy could have had bad things and when everybody thought he was so great and, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody's got their, their goods and their bads. Yeah. Well, and I, I think I'd, I kind of want to reiterate something because you did touch on, um, you know, these people hiding behind being Christian. Um, and something that we said earlier on in this podcast, I do kind of want to reiterate it is – we don't really want to like we don't if if you have religion and it makes you a better person then we are fine with that then that is great that's good that's a good thing for you um the thing is we we've seen and this and these are all good examples of it, of people using um religion as either a sanctuary or a weapon even sometimes to attack other people um, and then hide behind, well, well, but I'm Christian, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and, they, they use their, it as like an excuse of why the bad things they just did weren't bad. Right. You know, I like, actually, I actually just, just, uh, saw a quote today from Stephen Colbert and Stephen Colbert is a known, you know, Catholic. Um, and he, he was like, we either need to believe that Jesus was a bad guy who hated homeless people as much as we do, or we need to believe that he commanded us to love homeless people and to help the needy and stuff like that. But we just don't feel like it. It's like one of those two things needs to happen. Cause I mean, that's exactly what's happening. Um, you know, you've got, you've got, You've got Republicans saying that they're anti-abortion because because of religious reasons, and then they, when those children are born and unwanted, they don't want to have anything to do with them. Um, you know, yeah, they, want they don't to... want to put anything into the health care, especially you know for people who have child children with need. You know, yeah, they just they they want it to be born, but they don't. They don't want to do anything to take responsibility for what that means. Yeah, they want to. They want to turn away immigrants when the Bible said, "Love thy neighbor." You know, it's just it's because of all of these huge hypocritical things, and it's not just Republicans either. Democrats do it too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's my whole thing with the whole war stuff. You know, it's it's uh, you know there's. So much of the, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, 
you you're promoting that you're a follower of Jesus and Jesus says love thy thy neighbor and all that kind of stuff, but we're totally okay with you know basically funding all sides of fighting with mm-hmm. weapons, so it has to continue on. Right. You know, like boosting the military budget is at least in what I've seen, it seems to be a very Republican thing to do. Um, especially, which I don't understand, the idea that they're conservative, which means they're supposed to be modest with money, right? But they're totally allowing, what, trillions? Yeah, I'm sure. Stupid amounts of money to flood um, and create pockets of of despair that are feeding the the war you know it's a perpetual machine and also lining the pockets of people who happen to be in the fucking government yep you know yeah well yeah and we could we could go on and we could we could talk about that forever but i don't really want to just half an hour of bashing religion because I don't think it's fair. <laughs> no, I do think it is fair. But yeah. yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that we don't have anything against religion in general. Um, as long as you, it makes you a better person. Um, we just have problems with people using it um, as, like I said, as sanctuary or as a weapon, even sometimes to. Do exactly. what's, do what's best for them. Yeah, people who do not personify any of the teachings of Christ, you know, mm-hmm. anything that doesn't come from love. <clears throat> I mean, ask, I just ask myself, like, how can you, how can you believe in Jesus Christ and be okay with somebody voting to, you know, supposedly kill terrorists? But it's okay if we have to kill some civilians and, you know, women and children and all that garbage. Like, it's it's okay to do that just to get a few terrorists, you know, mm-hmm. decimating these families and then, you know, creating trauma pockets of boys who grow up to want to be terrorists. And then, you know, or or not take the money that you're fueling to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, putting it into education, putting it into our pockets of minority neighborhoods that have, you know, been cut off from the normal world and, you know, repeatedly told that they're less than, you know, mm-hmm. like there's just so much more we could be doing with that money. And, and for anybody who who claims to be Christian, you know, I, I think that they they may not be. Um, totally, totally understanding like what that religion really means. Right. Well, we are uh, approaching time here, so um, I guess do we have any final thoughts? Where do you land on the JFK assassination? Who? What do you? Who do you think? Oh, are? it's it's everybody. It's the CIA in conjunction with Russia slash Cuba, working with Oswald and George W. Bush, and probably a bunch of other shooters. And, and the mob. Um, the mob. The mob. Yeah. yeah, and the mob, and Jack Ruby being a patsy as well. And, yeah. 
So you're just, you're just throwing, throwing them all into a boiler pot and that's, that's who did it. Yeah. Okay. It was everybody, <laughs> like everybody, any kind of conspiracy, like other than the magic bullet, because I think that's unproven. But I, I think as far as like tutors and who had the motive and everything like that, I think it was a, a huge wide scale affair that touched on like everybody who could have possibly done it, could have possibly had motive. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, where are you it at? It takes a village, huh? <laughs> yeah, it does. That's uh, that's no undertaking. That's why it's so weird for people to think that Oswald by himself could have pulled it off. Right, yeah. No, I, don't, I, I definitely don't think it was Oswald by himself. Um, I, I, like I said before, it's like I know I, I don't think it was just one shooter. I think it was multiple who directed them to do it and why I'm not sure. I'm I'm not convinced of anything. Um as far as that goes. So Do you believe like Oswald was a sympathizer of the Cubans and Russians and that is his motive behind killing Kennedy? I'm not sure what his motive was. I'm sure he was probably hired by somebody but um, as far as it, was he a Russian sympathizer? I mean, it was known that he was. He tried to defect. I mean, he, he it was it was a provable thing that he was a Russian sympathizer. I think. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he was a CIA asset. Could be. Could be. I, I like I said. I don't. I don't. I'm not convinced of it. But uh, you seem to be, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just like to think as crazily as I can on this because, yeah, you don't, you have no idea of like what it is. Like, all you can do is read the Warren Commission and be like, all right, that's one side of the story. But unless you were Oswald or, you know, whoever was involved with it, there's just no way of really knowing. Right. And I think, you know, that's something that we try to get across on our, our podcast too is like, we're not really conspiracy theorists. We're just, you know, open-minded individuals who are, taking, you know, willing taking to look, a look at, at at all the evidence and see, you know, see where it leads you. Yeah, yeah, and and knowing that, like, unless we were there or we experienced it, it's hard to really say who's correct on the matter. Yeah. Um. Okay. Any ideas for next episode? Because I have one. Kind of want to go into. Um, whether or not Hitler was really assassinated or, I mean, really killed himself. Okay. Pretty sure he's living in Argentina. Maybe. <laughs> there have been some sightings. Um, I guess we'll discuss it off the air, but um, another one that I had was I really want to do a food episode at some point. A food? Yes. Like what? What would be a food episode? Um, the fact that cornflakes were originally created to stop us from masturbating, and um, the fact that sugar isn't included in any nutritional facts. Um, I um, I have actually read that cornflakes were started by Kellogg when he was in a cult that believed that the only thing they should consume is corn. Okay, the from what from my from what I understand, they made them as plain and boring as possible because they believe that anything that gave you pleasure was um was evil was dirty. So um, yeah, 
Yeah, that sounds like some cult shit right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, we'll discuss it off. No, off that'd air, be. But... Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting to talk about something other than a celebrity death. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. Well, and, so, <laughs> and, it, and it's something that like. I, I, you know, I discovered all this stuff about how the food industry is super duper and corrupt and just crazily disgusting. Um, and yeah. yeah, and and not only that, like we're we're subsidizing through taxes for McDonald's and Burger King and all those guys to even stay open. Yeah, because. Yeah, it's uh, they're not making enough money. They can't they can't serve that city of food for the prices that they actually would need to make it work. But, you know, they're also not feeding us anything that we need. You know, they they basically strip all nutrition out of everything just to make you addicted to the flavor. There's there's more than your daily recommended uh, intake of sugar in their salads. Um, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. But and it's uh, like that, like all kinds of stuff, all the stuff that's supposed to be fat free for sure. Yeah, that's a that's another discussion for another day. Yeah, but yeah, when I found out about all this stuff, it's 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 always something that I really wish a lot of people, a lot more people knew about. So if we can if we can help educate yeah, a couple could... of people, that would be that would be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I guess uh, that'll do it for this episode. Um, Join us next time, and we'll talk about one of those things. I'm not sure which yet, but I guess we'll have to (laughs) hang out and and find out which one it is. So until then, I've been Casey. And uh, (laughs) yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I've been uh, Stevie. (laughs) And we'll talk to you next time.